Welcome to Sense by Meg Fora, the podcast that's brought to you by ParentSense, the app that takes guesswork out of parenting. If you're a new parent, then you are in good company. Your host, Meg Fora, is a well-known OT, infant specialist, and the author of eight parenting books. Each week, we're going to spend time with new mums and dads, just like you, to chat about the week's wins, the challenges, and the questions of the moment. Subscribe to the podcast, download the ParentSense app, and catch Make Here every week to make the most of that first year of your little one's life. And now, meet your host. Welcome back, mums and dads. I'm Meg Fora. I'm an occupational therapist, and I am very passionate about little ones, about getting them to sleep well, about having them feed nicely and develop optimally. And, you know, a lot of people ask what an occupational therapist is and what we do, and it's all about function. So if you are old, we'll be making sure that your function is optimal after your hip replacement or if you're losing your uh, mind. So we work with people of all ages and stages. And the age and stage and the function of an infant is really around three main things, and that is sleep, feeding, and play. And so a lot of what we talk about in the podcasts with me is actually feed, sleep, and play and development. Each week we are joined by a guest, and it is very often Cassidy. She's the mum of Max, her first little boy, who is now about 29 weeks old. Is that correct, Cass? Yeah. Yeah, he was 29 weeks yesterday. <laughs> That's incredible. And we have followed Max's journey all the way through from when he was really tiny in neonates and all the way through. And he is really quite a remarkable little boy. Of course, we all know that about our own children, that they're absolutely remarkable. But it's been wonderful to follow Max's journey. And so thanks again for being back with us, Cass. No, that's a pleasure. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to today's. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Are you going to tax me? (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Okay. I feel taxed. (laughs) I'm gathering that there have been a couple of big challenges this week. So I'll tell you what, I wanted to have a look at the app and how his function and and, and how he um, kind of responds to everything in the app. And for those of you that don't have the app, the app is called Parent Sense. It is a complete look at your baby's day, sleep, feeding and play. And today I asked Cass if we could actually go through the the app and use the app to bring back all the questions. Now on the bottom part of the home screen, and we're recording this in the evening, actually, I can see that Max has just settled to sleep. And when I asked Cass if that was true, Cass, is he asleep? Do you know what? I'm going to do a live check on the monitor. He is currently doing his goodnight tour of the cot. So he's going rolling all around with his comforter, but not crying, not making any noise. And eventually he'll go to sleep. Okay. So now you've got half of the mums who are listening to this podcast completely green with envy because that's exactly what little ones should be doing at this stage. Um, No baby falls asleep as their head hits the pillow, or at least they shouldn't. And so for most babies, they are self-soothing to sleep. Well, hopefully they're self-soothing to sleep. And that is exactly what Max is doing. He is using his tour of the bed to get himself acquainted with his bed space until he's ready to fall asleep. That's quite incredible. Yeah, no, he is very good. And actually, I was a bit worried about bedtime this evening because, as is so often the case, something came up today. So we were invited for a play date with some people who are over on the island and have little ones who are actually about a year older than Max. So they're at a different stage. And so it was in line with their routine Mm -hmm. and it didn't fit in with Max's routine. So I had to do some juggling to try and make it work. But what it meant was that he actually woke up 
in time for the play date at four o'clock. Mm-hmm. It is now quarter to seven and he should have really been going to sleep ideally about half an hour ago, mm-hmm. maybe at a push 15 minutes ago. But I had to get him back, fed, bathed and then to bed. Well, the <laughs> so, juggle is real. Hey? That was fitting a, yeah. in a lot between the last sleep of the day and his bedtime. Yeah. And it's not usually like that. No, but, of course. Yeah. You know, obviously sometimes these things happen. So I was mm. a bit worried about bedtime. And actually I can spot there is a problem occurring because he's left his comforter at one end of the car. <laughs> <laughs> and he's <laughs> and gone to the other. to the other end. So <laughs> I am fully aware that today's bedtime is going to be mm more challenging because he is that a little bit more overtired. Because he's overtired. And for other people who are interested in knowing about this, at the top left of Max's screen on the app, it says that his awake time should be about two to two and a quarter hours. And that last awake time of the day, actually, we typically stretch it a little bit longer than that because they actually need to be a little bit more tired just before bedtime for when they go down. So we'd normally say two and a half hours, which means that he was if he was going to sleep at quarter to seven, he should really have been awake at about quarter past four. And you said he woke up at four. He woke up at four. But as you say, in that awake window, he's had was a, a lot play going date. On. Yeah, exactly. He's had a play date with other kids. He has to do solids and milk um, and be driven. So I think it's just been too much. But to be honest, mm-hmm. he's also been... <laughs> a bit of a nightmare today. (laughs) Tell us what he got up to. Well, it all started (laughs) when unfortunately on a Tuesday, he is usually with my mum and unfortunately Mm. my mum woke up and she wasn't very well. And he's usually with my mum on a Tuesday because I work. And so I had meetings in the diary. And unfortunately, you know, my mum called and she said, I just can't, I'm not very well. So I had him and juggling work today. Mm. And I don't know if it's because he could sense therefore that I was just juggling or if it was just pure coincidence, but I could not put him down without him. At one point he sat, after he woke up from one of his naps, Max never cries in the day really. And I know that that's probably not what a lot of mums want to hear, but he'll shout a bit, but he never cries with tears in the day. And he sat on my knee after one nap and just sobbed full tears coming down his face and I was just what's wrong with you you're fed you've slept you know it's okay and I gave him cuddles and as I was cuddling him he spotted a toy over his shoulder and was distracted and then was fine (laughs) (laughs) so I you know put him down but he's just been a bit like that all day Mm -hmm. and as I say I don't know if it's coincidence or because he could pick up that I was trying to juggle too Mm -hmm. many things and then of course I had to work his routine around this play date which usually his sleep is at four and And he's awake by four yeah yeah so it was just one of those days where it was a perfect storm of things not quite working out and so sometimes those days happen and we're Mm -hmm. very lucky that they are few and far between but it's exhausting when you have so much to do that's the days that they feel they can't be put down (laughs) I mean I think it's a couple of things I definitely do think that little ones pick up on it you know like we're trying to put them down so instead of taking a little bit longer to get them settled with something we kind of want to move on quickly so that they can get on with it so we can get on with something same as when we're trying to put them to sleep we just you know kind of want to put them down and walk out the room quickly because we've got to get on to something and they just do pick it up because when we have our more leisurely and we take our time that the separations are easier that is definitely could be part of it. The second thing is, is that sometimes when you have a very unsettled day like this, 
two days later, there's a tooth that pops out or there's a little rash that appears or a little fever that breaks at night. And, you know, I can remember that happening so often with my kids and I would be losing my cool with them and like, just, you know, just stop it now, you know, just stop the pressure. And the next day there's all this guilt around, oh my gosh, you know, they were just not feeling great. So that could be the second. And then the third, of course, is that sometime between seven months and nine months, he's going to start to learn object permanence. And Mm -hmm. That's when separation anxiety sets in. And for those of you who have heard, I think I've spoken about separation anxiety before on these podcasts, but for babies, the object of their love is their mother usually, or their primary caregiver, and sometimes their dad, if that's primary caregiver. And so we call that the object. And throughout their life, they think that the object in their young life is part of them and is them. And so whatever they're feeling and thinking, you feel as well. That's just what they think. And then at some point, they learn what we call object permanence. And that is that the object exists outside of them. And when they learn that, separation anxiety fits in because then they want to quickly call the object back the minute the object tries Mm -hmm. to put them down and so on. And so you start to have a really clingy, needy little one. And it typically happens, as I said, between seven and nine months is when it starts. And it usually takes a few weeks to resolve. And in that time, you can have sleep upheavals and certainly some more irritability. Yeah. So a couple of things on that. One thing that's been quite amusing, but not really, is he does seem to, for the first time, he started to get really upset if you take something from him. So for example, he Uh loves his watering can in the bath, but at the end of bath, when we take the watering can away, we then have (laughs) we haven't had before so we've decided maybe the watering can will just have to go on holiday for a little bit because it's only over the watering can he's got boats and things like Mm, that mm. we've also been laughing because for some reason and I don't know if you've got a magical answer but in the last week he has been waking up at about half 10 half 11 at night and being really upset you Mm. know usually he will wake up and we'll give him a feed and he'll go back to sleep and it's all Mm. over in 15 minutes but he's been waking up and so it's not time for a feed so we've been leaving him for a bit then going in giving him a bit of a cuddle or sometimes we've given him cowpaw because we thought maybe he's teething and he's in pain and the only reason I thought it could be separation anxiety is because Mm. from when we go in it then builds what so we go in He'll be in our arms. He won't fully settle, but he'll eventually settle. And then we'll put him down. And then suddenly mm. we've raised an octave or, yeah. <laughs> or a yeah. deci- series of decibels. And actually the other night I brought him into our room because when we left his room, he seemed to calm down. And we were a bit at the end of our um, tether and we brought him into our room which is something I never really wanted to do, but you will end up doing the things you don't Mm. want to do and put him down in between us. And he sort of cooed for a bit, looked at us, you know, played with our noses and then fell asleep. So I immediately picked him up and put him back in his cot and he kind of woke up, made a bit of a noise, but then slept through for the rest of the night. So from half 11 till half five. So I thought if it was separation anxiety, I felt once he'd kind of realized that I'd put him back in his cot, he would have woken up and had a problem, but he didn't. If it was pain, he wouldn't have just settled when he was between us. If he was hungry, he wouldn't have settled. So I just don't know Mm. what it is, but he's been waking up and getting really upset. Is this fairly consistent, Cass? Is it every night at the moment? The first time we did it was actually last Wednesday. It's now Tuesday and it's been four nights out of six. This episode is brought to us by ParentSense the all-in-one baby and parenting app that help you make the most of your baby's first year. 
don't you wish someone would just tell you everything you need to know about caring for your baby? When to feed them, how to wean them, and why they won't sleep? ParentSense app is like having a baby expert on your phone guiding you to parent with confidence. Get a flexible routine, daily tips, and advice personalized for you and your little one. Download ParentSense app now from your app store and take the guesswork out of parenting. It does sound to me like we've moved towards separation anxiety, which for his age is appropriate. So he is almost seven and a half months now. Certainly probably is that. So a couple of things that you need to do. First of all, he's got a, his, his doo-doo blankie. So for anybody else whose little ones don't have a doo-doo blankie or an attachment object, they, that helps immensely. And that actually, Cass, can also help in the daytime one. So I know that you have limited his doo-doo blankie to his bed, um, but he can actually have it in the day as well. That sometimes helps. I introduced it actually. I needed him to sleep before the play date today. So I yeah. brought it in the car and gave it to him in the car seat and he slept. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think you can start to use that more flexibly. The next thing is you need to start playing some separation games. And one of the best separation games is peekaboo. Um, just where you hold up a towel or something large enough that your whole face is covered and you drop it and you say peekaboo. And of course it becomes their favorite game too, after a while where they, yeah, he loves it, loves peekaboo. That's brilliant. And it's a great way for them to learn that you're still there, even though he can't see you. Then another one is to actually, when he's sitting on the mat in the lounge, crawl around the side of the couch or the sofa and kind of call to him, where are you, Max? Where are you, Max? And then come round and go, boo, there I am, you know, and then go away from him around it. He's not crawling yet, so he will he'll watch you go and then come back. And those type of games actually teach him that you still exist even when he can't see you. And then the third thing is to start calling to him when you're out of the room. So if you have to go and make his bottle in the kitchen and he's in the lounge, you know, call to him, talk to him so that he knows actually that your voice is there and that your voice can provide comfort and then do the same in the middle of the night. So first listen to him at 10.30, see what he does. And then hopefully he'll resettle. If he doesn't, then call to him, go to do's, where's your to-do max or whatever it is that you say to him. It probably won't settle him, but it starts to teach him that actually that's all he's going to get is just a, a little shout back, you know, so that he'll settle. And I would start doing those kind of strategies as much as you can. Yeah. And actually the app, we were talking about it earlier, but if anybody um, doesn't use it, it gives a daily sort of activity of things to do for that developmental stage. And mm. recently it's picked up, I've noticed sort of those sorts of games and, mm. and things like that. And I think it's also either I've heard you mention it or I've read it in the app that it's really important to say goodbye every time you're actually exactly. going. And very important. Things like that. Yeah. So we've been doing all of those things and we, we've actually played peekaboo with him for, for a long time since he, you know, before he really even knew <laughs> what on was going on. So I don't know if we've been doing all of those things, is this just something that's going to happen anyway, but it will hopefully have less of an impact because we've been doing those things or yeah. have we not been doing them enough and that's why it is happening? No, no, it's definitely not that. Um, it's got to do with the fact that that's a life stage they move through and we have to be quite conscious about it as parents. So we just need to increase you know, the, the amount of activities we're doing. Another really nice activity that I talk about, and particularly for toddlers who are experiencing what, separation anxiety, is called Watch, Wait and Wonder. And that's a little activity where you just set your cell phone aside, you know, 100% focus, 15 minutes of just focused play. And that tends to really help them as well. Yeah. And actually I've started doing that with nursery rhymes and sing, sort of sitting him because now he's sitting as well, sitting him opposite me on the floor. We both sit there and I do sing nursery rhymes to Love him and, yeah. and that sort of thing, which he's 
responding to really well. And I think if if anybody could hear me in the house, the amount of times in the day I find myself shouting from the kitchen, you're all right. (laughs) Yes, to come my, my tagline, because it does seem to be sort of when we leave the room a bit. So I do think it's separation Mm. anxiety. And so is that normal that it wouldn't necessarily be every night because for example last night I watched him rolling around he woke up and I thought oh no here we go (laughs) (laughs) we've got got an hour of you know upset and he actually just was fine last night yeah yeah no it can happen randomly you know It, it really can so it could be that it was just those four nights and that he'll be fine tonight so let's let's hope for that one yeah that's brilliant. So in the app, I was just having a look at it. He is his expected awake time, which is on the front of the app, is two to two and a quarter hours, which means that he should be going down about two to two and a half hours maximum between sleeps. Do you find that that works well for him? So it's interesting you say, I have found absolutely that that's been perfect until about a week ago, mm-hmm. I was putting him down and he just wasn't going down so easily mm-hmm. and so I've played with the awake window and I've actually stretched it a little bit and he is a dream to go down again and I've taken your advice last week you were saying about giving an early lunch then a little bit of milk mm-hmm. and he's been doing an hour and a half sleep uh, in his cot at lunchtime so we've actually stuff. been able to therefore move towards he kind of pretty much all the time goes down at nine o'clock. I keep it a shorter sleep from when he first wakes up. So it's about mm-hmm. two hours, two hours, 15 when he first wakes up. Then, so he goes down about from say quarter to nine. Perfect. Um, and then he's waking up at about half nine and he's going down actually then at 12 for his sleep. So that's perfect. Yeah. So that's he's perfect. usually falling asleep by the time I've mm-hmm. taken him up, got him changed. He's probably in just after 12 and then he'll sleep till half past one and then he'll have a four o'clock sleep. Wow. Spot on. Absolutely spot on routine. So for moms who are looking for routines for seven to seven and a half month old, that is absolutely perfect. That last sleep of the day, which is from four to four thirty is going to be the sleep that's going to be dropped next. That's the one that he's going to start to fight that at some point, or he's going to start to fight bedtime. And that happens at nine months. But in the next month and a half, you and I will be chatting about what's going to happen because now we've got to move to two sleeps. Mm. And I'll help you through that as well. That's called a cusp age. But the app actually does it for you anyway. It'll tell you which how to, how to drop it. And in actual fact, if I look at his routine for tomorrow, as an example, it doesn't give you a time for the cat nap. It just says... Short catnap, catnap if needed, awake by 4.30. And so that's exactly, you know, because we know what time he needs to go down. So that's what time he needs to wake up. Um, and then the other thing um, that I wanted to ask you about was his feeds. Um, is he still having the three solid meals and four milk feeds during the day? Yeah. So because of this waking up earlier, we've been pushing it and pushing it. And sometimes he hasn't fed at all in the night or sometimes the only way to settle him back down, we've waited till after midnight and then we fed him and he's gone through till the morning. Mm. But he, we aim to give him a feed with milk at about quarter to seven, seven. And whatever he has of that is usually not a full feed, but we don't leave it any later. That's the time he has mm. feed. And then at about probably quarter past eight, it tends Mm. to be. He'll have uh, his breakfast, which is his favorite. He loves breakfast. Oh, and last week we were discussing the pear and cardamom porridge. We hadn't tried it yet, but we tried it the other day and he absolutely loved it. Yeah, so porridge isn't, well, actually any breakfast he he loves. And then his feeds will be sort of 7, 11, 
three and then bedtime. Perfect. And his solids are about quarter past eight, half past 11. And then usually when he wakes up from his at about four, quarter to five. Okay, brilliant. Gosh, he really is following everything by the textbook, which is wonderful. (laughs) The other thing that it says on Max's front page of the app is in the health block, it says he needs extra iron in his diet. So the reason for that is that by six months old, iron stores are depleted and there's no iron in breast milk. And there is actually iron in formula milk if it's fortified. And then we also have to focus on giving him iron in his diet. Is that something that you've been managing to do? Yes. So he is on formula, but we have been looking at making sure that he he has a lot of leafy greens or, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, to be honest, most of it comes from either. He hasn't had so much red meat, although we have been this week doing more. I've made a meal for us and then pureed it and he's had a version of it. So we did the curry from the Weaning Sense book, which was lovely. And he enjoyed that. But actually on Sunday, we had a huge family meal and there was lamb, potatoes, peas, sweet corn, all sorts of things. So I just put it all into a pot with a little bit of his milk and blended that and gave it to him. And he actually ate that quite well. So he's been having a little bit of red meat, but yeah, we have been trying to be aware of that and also trying to be moving him more away from when he first started having a lot of pureed vegetables, trying to make sure we're getting some protein and things into there as well. Okay, excellent. Yeah. And I actually see that on next week, Sunday, we've got chicken livers supreme in the app for him. And that is a great recipe. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that because I love a little bit of chicken liver myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's really a good one. It's chicken livers, potato, carrots, leek, mushrooms. It's a great recipe for little ones and full of iron. So Yeah. um, yeah, there's some lovely recipes coming up for him. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm really enjoying watching. I mean, I don't think I've ever given him a new flavor and he's not pulled a face as though he absolutely hates it, but he then continues to eat it. So I don't think he means to look like he hates it. It just... (laughs) Well, it's quite interesting. You know, it's one of the reasons why we tend to advise weaning a little earlier. So between four and six months is because he is going to, within the next month or two, approach a period in which he starts to get more picky over what he's eating because they just they just start to not want to experiment as much. And that's why we try and get as many different flavors in as possible. Like for instance, you've done the curry and the livers and all of that sort of thing, because then they're more likely to take to them. And you'll see that a new flavor that maybe you haven't added in before might be something that he then becomes a bit resistant to. So it's good that he's getting in all these wonderful flavor experiences at this age. Yeah. And also, is it normal that, you know, because he really does the quantity at times at breakfast, you know, I've almost had to give him some of mine because he's still got his mouth open when his bowl's empty, but he just has never had the same sort of reaction to lunch and dinner. He'll eat, but Mm -hmm. it's not the same pleasurable experience really. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. It's There's a little poem that goes with that. It's called that babies eat like kings for breakfast, princes for lunch and paupers for supper. <laughs> and that is all babies. Um, and that is because they're actually intuitive eaters. So we should all eat like that. It's the healthiest way to eat. But we have messed up. We've lost our intuition around meals. And I've always said to mums, as long as you offer whole food, healthy food, seasonal food, and the appropriate amount of milk, and no fruit juice. So those are the three principles, healthy food, 
the appropriate amount of milk and no fruit juice. As long as you do those three things, you can let your baby govern and rule their own appetite. So if he wants to eat double the amount for breakfast, you don't have to worry about obesity at all because it's whole food, it's healthy food. If he wants to go to bed on a sniff of an oil rag and like literally nothing else, that's also absolutely fine. So um, you don't have to worry. You can let him be an intuitive eater and definitely let him eat as much as he wants to for breakfast for sure. Okay, great. And the other thing, actually, just very quickly, I saw a friend of mine yesterday who's just started weaning and she said, oh, but isn't the constipation, you know, it's such a shame. Uh, was horrid for them. And another friend, when she had started weaning, said the same thing. And I've mentioned this before. Max has not had this at all. In fact, it's actually exhausting. He is doing little poos all through the day. Mm. And I just sort of, at first I thought, oh, for goodness sake, but now I'm just a little bit worried that it, has he possibly got some form of diarrhea? I mean, it's not, they're not overly runny. They're not, you know, loads. It's like he's gone from doing one big poo at the start of the day to doing two medium poos earlier in the day and then a couple of mini ones. Are they, uh, what, what is the consistency? More solid than it was when it was just milk, but they're not solid. Okay. All right. No, then that's fine. They're thicker. Thick. Yeah. That's fine. No, when we do worry is if those become very, very loose and frothy. And that can sometimes happen after they've been on antibiotics, for instance, they can develop a little or after they've had diarrhea. They, and it's, it's actually called toddler's diarrhea. In those cases, we actually take them off dairy for a couple of weeks and then reintroduce dairy. It just helps them a little bit, but that's not what he's got at all. So I would just be doing exactly what you're doing. I wouldn't worry about it. It will return to some sort of consistency, you know, regularity, um, but do offer water after every meal for sure. That would be important. Yeah. And he hasn't had any signs of constipation, but mm -hmm. I have been offering and he loves water. water. I think yes, I've mentioned that before. I mean, so. he now yeah. also, whenever I'm drinking my water, he's like, oh. yours too. <laughs> such a funny boy, <laughs> such a personality. I need yeah. to see him again sometime, Kaz. <laughs> I know. I know. He's, I think he'll be so different. I think it was yeah. February. Well, it was, yeah, it was a couple yeah, of months ago. ago that you yeah, last saw him. So yeah, he's changing so much him. all the time. Such a precious boy. Well, Cass, thanks again for sharing Max's <laughs> journey. You. It is absolutely delightful. Um, it really is. And I think it must resonate with a lot of mums. He goes through things like textbook. So it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that because sometimes yeah. when you're doing it, you think, oh my God, he must be the only baby that's doing this. No, 100% <laughs> not. 100% not. Excellent. Thank you so well, much. Cass, thanks Peg. for this evening. Okay. Cheers. Thank you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks to everyone who joined us. We will see you the same time next week. Until then, download ParentSense app and take the guesswork out of parenting.